this City First Church series any given Sunday, we're going back to the fundamentals. It's time to get off the bench and get ready to experience the victory that is already yours. This is your moment. All righty. Hello, City First. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Thank you again just for honoring the pastors. And you know, not even all the pastors were up here. We have pastors right now at Cape Coral. And we say hi to Chris and Abby and the entire pastoral team and other pastors that are running things around here. So again, thank you for that. And just want to say hello to everyone in our City First Church family, everyone at City First Anywhere locations. We said hi to Cape, but also God behind bars, Dixon and Hardy and the Pando app. We love you very much. We say hello from the Spring Creek location, and you know, we're in this series right now called Any Given Sunday. It obviously has a football theme, as you saw, a lot of the pastors are wearing jerseys and things like that. You know, it's a football theme, but football is just the start of the conversation. What we're really talking about here is we're talking about how specifically to grow spiritually in your relationship with Jesus, which, by the way, is your most important relationship in your entire life. And last week, I talked about the importance of tenacity and stick and running with the ball, no matter what opportunity position is in front of you. I talked about that. Well, today, I want to kind of piggyback on that. And I want to go a little bit of a different angle. I want to talk today about strength training. I want to talk about being strong. I want to talk about where you get your power from, if that makes sense, in life. In other words, how many of you right now at all of our locations, even if you're at home right now in your living room, would say by upraised hand, you want to have power for life, right? You want to be strong in life. You don't want to be weak in life in the sense of where life overcomes you, but rather you want to be able to be victorious and have strength. And there's seasons where we're strong, and there's sometimes seasons where we're weak, you know? And in football, power is important. In fact, you need to be strong in, if you play football if you want to win. Watch this. Oh, yeah. You know, now, some of you are like, football is so violent. That's why I like the sport of crocheting or whatever. I don't know. But, but here's the thing. It is true. You got to be powerful and strong in the sport of football. And, you know, uh, many years ago, we had actually Mike Singletary, NFL Hall of Famer from the Chicago Bears, Monsters of the Midway in the 80s, who won the Super Bowl in 85. We had him here at City First, actually. And, uh, you know, he was at a men's event, and speaking at a men's event, he's a strong believer in, in Christ. And, uh, you know, before we came out on stage, I was asking him, I'm like, I'm like Mike, uh, because I made it like, sound like we were best friends. Mike, you know? Um, but I'm like, Mike, 
you know, it was amazing because when I was growing up in the 80s watching, you know, my team, the Bears, and watching you, you were the heart of the defense, and, and he had these eyes. I mean, like, you know, for those of you that know anything about football history, and especially about Mike Singletary, I mean, he would just focus on whoever he was going to tackle and take out. Like, he was intimidating. And, and then his hit was even more intimidating. I mean, he would lay people out. And I asked him, I said, Mike, how did you not get injured? I mean, how did you not get injured? Because, I mean, you are just leveling people. And, and you know, you would think that you would get injured. And he said this. It was very interesting. He said, well, actually, I was taught a tackling technique. And that was this, is that I was never tackling the person. I was tackling through the person. In other words, I would focus beyond where the person was coming at me. I would focus beyond that. I would aim at that spot beyond because what I was doing is, is I was powering through that person rather than just making myself stop at tackling that person. He goes, I really believe that's the reason why I never had any major injuries in my life or in my career is because I would power through them. I would tackle through them. And I thought about that. I thought, you know what? In the same way in our life, in our opposition, whatever is coming our way, that many times we fixate on whatever that is. Rather, we should be fixating on powering through it. What's on the other side of it? Does that make sense? And, and I thought, man, that is really good to get through your opposition. In fact, there's this verse that is found in 1 Timothy, now it's written, this is, these originally were letters, by the way, in the New Testament. We call them books, but they were actually letters in the New Testament originally. And this letter is written by the Apostle Paul, who writes a lot of the New Testament. And he's writing this guy by the name of Timothy, who is a young pastor. And he's kind of like, in a sense, uh, mentoring this young pastor, Timothy. And this is what he says. He goes, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. So in other words, we need to be training spiritually. Some of us, we go to maybe the gym a lot, and we're, we're, we're eating right, and we're careful about how we take care of our body, which is a good thing. Paul is saying that's good, but even better is training spiritually. In other words, building up muscle and strength spiritually. About 12 years ago, 13 years ago, uh, Jen and the board of directors of this church, whom I report to, I report to both of them, actually, in many ways. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say this, that they, they convinced me to um, take an annual physical, to actually make time out of my schedule for an annual physical. And, and, and first, for my own personal life, and they're concerned about me to make sure that I'm healthy. But secondly, um, I do run a large organization. And, and um, obviously, they want for also the organization's safety to make sure the leader is healthy and there's no surprises and things like that. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so I started having these annual physicals. Well, the very first one I went to, um, they, they did a stress test on my heart. And so I went into the doctor's office and they, you know, put all these wires and, you know, all these, like, things all over me. And they made me get on this treadmill, and they started, like, the treadmill up. And so I'm jogging along, and they're monitoring how my heart is responding to this. And I'm thinking to myself, this is cake. This is easy, you know? And uh, the doctor looks at me and goes, um, well, how you doing? I go, I'm, I'm doing great. And I was. And he goes, okay, good. He goes, I'm going to start dialing up the resistance, and I'm going to put you on a little bit of an incline. I'm like, okay, bring it on. So anyway, 
I'm doing this, and in and, and about a minute, I felt like I was like climbing a small mountain in Colorado with an elephant on my back. No joke. I mean, it was like, I'm like, oh gosh, this is like, this is tough. I mean, as the resistance was increasing, I mean, it was harder and harder, and my heart is working harder. And you know, but again, probably because I'm a guy, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to act like everything is okay, you know? And uh, the doctor goes, well, how you doing? I'm like, fine, fine, totally lying. But I'm like, fine. And he goes, okay, good, because I'm going to dial up the resistance a little bit more. I'm like, oh, Jesus, seriously. I mean, like, like are you going to waterboard me next? What's going on here, you know? And, and sure enough, man, they kept dialing up the resistance. Or 15 minutes, man, they kept dialing it up, and the incline kept on going up. And by the end of this 15 minutes, I am dying. I mean, like, literally. And finally, I'm like, tapping out, you know, calling for the bullpen. I mean, I, I, need, I need relief here. And, and it was amazing because the doctor was like, okay, we're going to have you do this cool down run, and then we're going to have you sit down. We're going to actually monitor how your heart goes back to normal. How does it, like, acclimate back to normality and all these kind of things? And, and I found out something that day. First of all, they found out my heart is good, which is praise God. But second thing I found out is this, is that I found out that I'm, I'm skinny fat. And, and some of you are like, skinny fat? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, on the outside, I look fit and trim, but on the inside, I was out of shape. Like, I had played 11 years of soccer in my life, and, 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 you know, I'd always been very active, but now, you know, being a full-time pastor, and I wasn't doing that anymore, I wasn't doing a lot of exercising or whatever, on the outside, I looked healthy, but on the inside, I wasn't. And I can't help but think that in church many times, there are people who on the outside look spiritually healthy, but on the inside are spiritually skinny fat. <laughs> like they're not healthy on the inside. I think COVID was the great revealer of this, actually. Because you know what COVID did to all of us? It turned up and dialed up the resistance, and it created an incline that we were not used to. So we're like jogging along through life. We're thinking everything's great, and all of a sudden, resistance at a level we had not experienced it before. Stress at a level that we had not experienced before. Incline at a level that we hadn't experienced before. And guess what? Our spiritual heart was tested. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of people on the outside were looking spiritually fit. But they came to a reality, a wake-up call, you could say, during COVID that, wait a minute, maybe I'm not as strong on the inside, though, as I look on the outside. So here's the first truth I want to share today, and that is this, that it is very easy to look spiritually fit on the outside, but be spiritually out of shape on the inside. We've all done this. In fact, some of us even did this today. I mean, we were arguing with our spouse or cussing at our kids on the way to church. But the minute we walk into church, like, hallelujah. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, we're wearing an angel, like, halo and wings, and everything is great. But the reality is it's not, right? On the outside, we look okay. But on the inside, we're maybe not as strong. We're not as strong. And, and here, you know, Paul goes on in the book of Timothy, or what we call now the book of Timothy, in this letter in 2 Timothy, and this is what he says. Paul tells his young protege, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. In other words, the resistance is going to be dialed up. For people will 
only, or excuse me, will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. You ever find that out? It's like sometimes you're like, wow, do people hate what's good? They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Now, this is the point I want you to listen to. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. That last two sentences there, those last two sentences are pretty powerful. And I think that that Paul is making an interesting statement here. And and so we could easily say, are we living in the last days? Well, there's been multiple times in human history that those characteristics were evident in culture. But this is what I think is interesting. There is this juxtaposition that is going on here in Paul's letter that I think is interesting. And that is this. People will look religious outside, fit spiritually but they will not have power on the inside that could make them godly. Outside look powerful, inside weak. Outside looking healthy, inside sick. I just think it's very interesting. And even in one Bible version it says, they will have a form of godliness but deny its power. I I just think that's wild. And so here's the thing, I, I mean, On the outside, all of us can look like we have it more together than we do really on the inside. And there's this this kind of like thought, and that is this, that a way, Paul would say, to test if someone is godly is to be able to see whether they have power or not. So the absence of power means that it's not healthy. And if there's power... That means there's godly health. I mean, really, that's what Paul is saying here. It brings to my point number two. Power during times where your faith and convictions are rigorously exercised is the true indication of whether a person is godly. I mean, we we really got to test our godliness, all of us, myself included, in the last 18 months. That's really when we get to test whether we have godliness because did we have power or were we weak in a sense. Now, we're all in seasons of weakness. We all have seasons of weakness, okay? So don't feel like I'm saying we have to be power 24-7, you know? It's like, no, you know, that's not true. There are times that we are weak. In fact, the Bible even says that sometimes in our weaknesses, that's when we find God's strength the most, right? So, so here's the thing. It's not about fronting everybody and just being strong all the time, but, but going back to my treadmill experience, when the treadmill had no resistance, I was doing fine. But the minute that resistance was dialed into the equation and the scenario, all of a sudden I found myself lacking. Does that make sense? And so that's so important, going back to Paul's like, little passage here, this message. Let me pull out that, that last little bit. It says this in, in verses 3 through 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. So how do you get power on the inside? How do you get power on the inside? You know, one of the things that, that I thought of is this, is that it's interesting that there's this laundry list of, of things that Paul mentions there. Selfishness, 
sexual perversion, greed, vanity, disobedience, slander, arrogance. It's quite a laundry list, right? Quite a laundry list. And, and a lot of these things are happening in culture right now, but the one thing that confuses me is those last two sentences where he says that people will act religious. This is what I, I, I wonder. Do people that are far from faith even care about acting religious? So who is this passage being written to or about? Is it really about culture, or is he talking about the church? Are these things in the church, and people are acting religious, but they don't have power that makes them godly? Because this is what I know. People that are far from faith could care less about acting religious. So is he even talking about culture? Because it'd be easy that when I'm talking here, you could think, yeah, big bad culture out there. All those people that are far from faith, that laundry list of things, it's all happening. Well, it is happening out there, but is Paul really at the end there saying, yeah, this stuff is happening out there, but guess what? It's also happening in here. And in here, people are in a church, in a sense, trying to look like they have it all together spiritually, but they really don't. So the question is not whether you're going to deal with these temptations. That laundry list of things that Paul puts in that verse, it, it, it's not whether you're going to deal with it. It's, it's more if you're going to deal with it. And, and, and here, here's my question I have. Are you dealing with those things, those issues, successfully? Like, for example, selfishness. Your selfishness, which, by the way, we all can be tempted to be selfish. All of us can, all right? It's all about me, right? Well, are you dealing with selfishness successfully? Do you have power over selfishness, or does selfishness have power over you? How about sexual perversion or sexual sin? Are you dealing with that successfully, or is that sin, is that temptation have power over you? How about your arrogance? How about pride? Do you have power to plow through that temptation? Or are you weak and you give into it? You're not strong enough. So, so here's the thing. It's not whether we're going to deal with these things. It's if we're dealing with them successfully. Does that make sense? And one of the biggest lies of the enemy is this sense of, I'm strong enough. You walk around going, yeah, I'm strong enough to be in this environment. I'm strong enough to be in this relationship. I'm strong enough to do this activity, and I will be strong enough to be able to avoid temptation or giving into temptation. And, and, and many times the enemy kind of lies to us that way because we think to ourselves, oh, yeah, I'm strong enough, and then later on we're like, oh, yeah, I wasn't strong enough. So do you have power over these things, or do these things have power over you? They have power over you. Are we doing okay today? <laughs> you all right? You still with me? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of being the pastor trainer right now, and I'm dialing up the resistance on you a little bit, and you're on this, this, this message treadmill, and you're like going, okay, this is getting a little hard. This is getting a little hard, Jer. Okay, but, but here's the question. How do you get power inside of you? I want to go back to that. How do we get power inside of us? Well, it says, again, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, that they'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that can make them godly. That last line, stay away from people like that. 
So here's the third truth. Power comes by wisely choosing who and what has influence over your life. If you want to be stronger, you need to be very, very particular and very, very um, strategic about who or what has influence over your life. This does not mean you should not associate with people far from faith. That's not what this means. In fact, you know, um, this this is not a call to become a monk and go live in the mountains. That's not what a call, this call is, because, because some of you are like going, well, I don't know how to avoid temptation. I'm just going to lock myself in my house, <laughs> you know? I don't see that, that form of spirituality um, really anywhere in the Bible. Um, this is not about um, isolation. It's about insulation. In fact, this is what I'd say. We must practice insulation, not isolation. Isolation is hiding from culture, and some Christians do this. Some Christians just try to avoid anything or any environment that, that, is, that is sinful. All right? That's not what we're talking about here. Insulation is keeping culture out of you. It's, in other words, the Bible puts it this way, in the world, but not of the world. Do you hear that? So, so there's an insulation in the same way that you have insulation in your house, to keep the cold and the wet or maybe the hot out of your house, to keep the climate inside the house livable, you have insulation. But guess what? Your house is in the greater environment. And in the same way, we are in this world. But the Bible says that we should not be of this world. So we must choose wisely who has influence or what has influence. And this would pertain to everything from friendships to media to environments. And by choosing wisely what you allow in your life, you gain power over the stuff that you want to keep out of your life. Does that make sense? So what are those things for you? And I'm asking that for you to answer, not out loud, but just in your heart. In other words, who or what should I insulate myself from? You're always around that one person, and when you're ever around that one person, guess what? You do bad things. So you know you probably need to insulate yourself from that person. Or you're in certain environments. Like there's certain environments that, especially as a younger person of faith, I would not go into those environments because it would trigger me to do all the bad things. So, you know, some people are like, you know, well, what's wrong with that environment? There's nothing wrong. The Bible doesn't say anything. Okay, yeah, 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 but the problem is it's a triggered me. And there are certain environments, there are certain people that trigger you. So you need to be wise as to whether you are hanging out with those people for extended periods of time or maybe even at all, or whether you go to those environments at all. Like, like some people, they've come to me in the past and they're like going, Chair, I have this problem with partying. It's like every time that I go to a bar, I drink too much and I do dumb things, you know? It's like a Carrie Underwood song. And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't go to the bar. You know, maybe, maybe the environment is stronger than your strength to say no. So maybe you shouldn't go to that place. At least at least for a season, all right? I'll even, I'll even give it to you. Like, let's just give it, a, 
give it a season to not do it, all right? And, and, and you know, I'll talk to people, and they're, they're so frustrated because they're like, man, I, I, I do this, or this person, every time I'm around them, they, 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 you know, all of a sudden I become, you know, super critical, cynical, sarcastic, and I'm like, well, maybe you need to insulate yourself from that person because for this season, that person is stronger than the strength inside of you to resist the temptation. And the person isn't bad, but somehow it triggers you. Which brings me to point number four. Power comes through focusing on and obeying the truth. And we need to be honest with ourselves. And we need to be truthful with ourselves. We need to know our shortcomings. We need to know many times um, maybe what triggers us or doesn't trigger us. In fact, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. So you say, well, where do I find truth? You find truth from the word of God. You find truth from the word of God. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. The word of God is like a mirror. I've said this multiple times in the years that I've been a pastor here. The word of God is like a mirror. When you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror hopefully, all right? You looked in the mirror, all right? And what did you do? You saw what was right and what needed help. In the same way, the word of God is like a mirror. You're staring into who God calls you to be and the way that you're supposed to live and you see what is right and what needs help. Does that make sense? So it helps us realize what's right or wrong. It corrects us. The word of God corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now listen to this. God uses it. What's it? The word of God. Scripture. To prepare and equip you, his people, to do every good work. We must know the word of God and what it says about our lives in such a way that it helps inform us about our identities our actions, our motives, and what we should do with our lives. So we must know the Word of God well enough for it to inform us. It says in Matthew chapter 22, if you don't believe me, I'm going to quote Jesus now, right? This is Jesus. He says, Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Because Jesus is saying, because you don't know the Scripture, you don't know the power that could help you become godly. You don't know the power because you don't know the scripture. In fact, this is going to sound like a bumper sticker, okay? I apologize already. It has a little bit of cheese kind of tone to it, okay? But this is really true. No scripture, no power. No scripture, no power. It, it's really true. In fact, in, in, in some of you are like, well, how do, I, how do I know how to read the Bible? How do I do that? I, I, I've cracked open the Bible before. I don't understand it. And I get it. It's a complex it's a complex kind of book. But one of the things that I love is this app called YouVersion. We talk about it all the time. It's a free Bible app. Download it now, literally. Do it now, okay? Um, jump at our Wi-Fi at one of our City First locations, right? Download it now if you want. And there are all these reading plans. Some are long, some are short, some are topical. And it's a great kind of first step to learn how to read the Bible. Go to our City First app even. Download it now, all right? And you can even look at the scriptures that I'm talking about today. And throughout the week, you can go back and revisit those scriptures, okay? 
Which brings me to my last point, truth number five. Power comes from the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Power comes from the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And, and today, as we end here, um, this is super important. In fact, here's what I know. In, from personal experience, personal experience. If my life changes only based upon my determination, it ain't going to change. Because I don't have enough determination, willpower, grit to be able to change my life. If, if that was true, for those of you that, you know, are, are, are new to faith in Jesus, if you had the ability to change your life on your own, you would have done it by now. Okay? So, so here's the thing. That goes for people new to faith. That goes for people pre-faith, like maybe you're curious today. Or it even goes for people that maybe have walked with Jesus for a long time. If it were really up to you, you would have changed you by now. Okay? So can we just take a moment and go, I can't. I can't do it on my own. Now, it, it involves you, but it doesn't, it's not dependent on you. Okay? Does that make sense? Instead, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, listen to this, a helper that's going to help you change. A helper. I mean, that, that is, that's amazing. You know, the very fact that the Holy Spirit is called a helper, it means this, that helps you become more like Jesus. He helps you make the right decisions. He helps you resist temptation. He helps you have power over the enemy. He helps you with boldness. He's a helper. In fact, look at the Apostle Peter. Many of you know of Peter, even if you're not church. You've maybe heard of the Apostle Peter before. Well, before he received the Holy Spirit, on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, he was approached three times and asked if he was a disciple of Jesus, even by a little servant girl. Like we're talking, in, in that day and age, that was like, the lowest, the lowest person in society, a servant. And this little servant girl comes to Peter and goes, hey, aren't you a follower of Jesus? And he's like, huh, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know, no, no. He didn't even have the boldness or the guts after three, three and a half years of watching Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle that he didn't even have the guts to stand up to the question of a servant girl. He had no power. He was skinny fat spiritually. Looked good on the outside, on the inside, weak. And so here's the thing. Then in Acts chapter 2, he receives the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He goes out in the city of Jerusalem, literally from the room that he was filled in, he goes into the city of Jerusalem, and he starts preaching to thousands of people, the Bible says, and 3,000 of them made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their life that day. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> that he was empowered by the helper. The helper helped him. Because guess what? He couldn't do it on his own. What made Peter strong? Well, not only did he know the scripture, not only did he learn to hang out with the right people and be in the right environments and all those things, which, which yes, were in a sense his choice, but then he also invited the Holy Spirit 
to have more influence in his life. And guess what? The Holy Spirit then did the heavy lifting. And in the same way, here, here's my message to us today as we close. Some of you are trying to do all the heavy lifting. And it ain't working. I mean, no matter how much you try to change or lose that addiction or overcome that mind game or, or, or get out of that relationship or, or, or try to have a better identity that is more Christ-like or whatever, no matter, you, you just feel like you're hitting, you're hitting the defensive line in a sense trying to run with the ball and it just you're bouncing off you're just bouncing off and and you're just like I, I i hear you jer every week talk about this but i leave and monday through saturday i feel like i just fail over and over and over again now let me just be clear even when the holy spirit resides inside of you and empowers you there's gonna be seasons that you fail so this is not about perfection but it's about having power for life, a power that is on top of your right choices. So you make the right choices, and all of a sudden there's an empowerment. You're like, wow, wow, I, all of a sudden I feel strong, I feel bold, I, I feel like I could resist that temptation that I could never resist before. And it, it takes time, it doesn't happen overnight, it's not a, a, a magic potion or an open sesame kind of thing. But instead, you're saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to have more influence in my life. Give me power. Be a helper. Help me because I need help. So here's a prayer I want you to pray every single morning, okay? I know it's a simple prayer. It's not long because if you're like me, I forget things, okay? So I made it real short. The prayer is this. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me strength as I go to the office. Give me boldness as I go to school. Give me wisdom as I'm making that business decision. God, give me a, 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 a power and a strength to do what I can't do in my own humanness. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In fact, you know what? Let's put that back on the lower third a minute. I want us to say that together, okay? I want us to say that together. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit on the count of three. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. See, it, 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 it's a simple prayer, but um, I'm telling you, it is a powerful prayer. It's a powerful prayer. And as we close today, I want to pray for you that we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we'd be filled with the Holy Spirit because this is what I know. The Holy Spirit makes you look better than you are. <laughs> The Holy Spirit makes Jeremy to look, to word, look a lot better than I am. Like literally, some of you are like going, how do you get up there and talk and do all these things? <laughs> I won't even tell you what my speech professor in college said about my first speech. It was a secular college, and I can't say it in church, but he goes, you call that a blank speech? And he used the mother of all words in that blank. Literally, in front of the entire class. So how did I go from there to today? The Holy Spirit. He makes me look better than I am. You understand that? So do this. Let's stand to our feet without anybody leaving. I'm about ready to dismiss you. 
And if it doesn't feel weird, if it feels weird to you, then don't do it, okay? But I want to say in a second, I'm going to have you bow your heads, close your eyes, and just put your hands up like this, like almost you're receiving. And just, it's a physical way, it's a physical posture of what your heart is doing right now. You're basically saying, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I just want to be powerful. I want to be strong. And so, if it feels weird to do it, don't do it. But if you'd like to, at all of our locations, right now, even if you're in your living room, stand up and just, just say, Lord, this is my, my posture of receiving. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for my friends today. God, we're weak on our own. We're strong with you. Lord, we want to have strength for temptations, for the battles, for the challenges of life. Lord, we want to be overcomers. We want to be victorious. Lord, we want to have um, power that flows in our lives that does not come just from right choices, although right choices are important. So this is what I ask today. I ask today that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill us with power. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray this every single day. We're going to pray it every day. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Wisdom on top of our wisdom, power on top of our power, endurance on top of our endurance, ability on top of our ability. Be the helper. Fill us, I pray. Fill us, I pray. Fill us, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give God praise? Can we do that?